0: Are you reading things that are spoiling things for you? I think so! Stop reading things! Get oh, God. This is 8-Bit, episode 74. Joss Whedon is love. Joss Whedon is life. On Sunday, April 13th, 2014. And now, I'm good at redundancy. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker. Have you ever just kind of had your world ended by the thing that you're a fan of?
1: You mean exes?
0: Uh, no. N- and no, I'm talking about fictional things that you're a fan of. And I hope that you didn't date fictional people. That's a little weird.
1: <laughs> that's
0: That's what we call obsessive and, uh, and it's a prop. So So this is an intervention. Maybe. Wait, are we Wait, when did we start talking about you? <laughs> I, don't know. I thought we were talking about me. <laughs> Look at how I manipulate the conversation. <laughs> Does that mean that we're both terrible people because we both just want to talk about ourselves? Oh, I don't know. I
1: honestly I, didn't, <laughs> I, I manipulate things unintentionally.
0: <laughs> I like to pretend like I do it unintentionally. So, so
1: I learned it from you. Oh, god damn it. What? Learned what? I learned how to manipulate people from you, but I didn't actually realize how I was doing it, so now you inadvertently manipulate people through me because I, without realizing
0: it, manipulate people. There's that's probably some big flaw in that logic. Probably. That's nice and complicated, and I like it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it works out in my favor. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, oh my goodness. Like You remember last week when I was freaking out about Captain America? Yes. And I was worried about the next episode of Agents of Shield, yeah, yeah, um, basically, all of my fears have been realized, and basically uh, basically, uh, I don't, basically uh, about like three quarters of the way through the episode, uh I just like looked up at the ceiling and just yelled, and everybody else in the room with me thought that that was a very reasonable reaction, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Joss Whedon, he likes to mess with our minds. Oh my goodness!
1: You're gonna. So so he's manipulating you. Who's manipulating me? Who's manipulating other people? So Joss Whedon is the head manipulator. He.
0: Oh. That's brilliant. (laughs) He's he is Google. He's in charge of everything. Joss Whedon is Google. Joss Whedon is is life. Joss Whedon is love. Wow. Wow. Oh man. I kind of envy you because you're watching you're going to be watching Agents of Shield all at once kind of theoretically and you won't have to wait a week for the next episode cuz I don't ah I still don't know what's going to happen next and he's ruined one of the one of my OTPs. Ah.
1: Ugh. ah. What are you going to do?
0: Dude, that show was made for shipping though. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. When you throw a bunch of uh Young attractive characters on a plane together, and uh, the, you know they're they're around each other all the time. Yeah, people are going to start shipping them. No,
1: was Samuel L. Jackson there?
0: No, he no, he's only showed up once in the show. So there were no snakes. No, there were not. <laughs> Actually, oh my god, he was on the plane one time. So there must have been mother that, snakes. That would have been hilarious. Ah, oh, they should have done that. <laughs> I mean,
1: the nerd fandom is. All fandoms are pretty dang good at including references and jokes for other things. Take Castle, for example, mm-hmm. where Nathan Fillion's characters uh, comes what,
0: in and... Um, what are you supposed to be dressed up as? Um, a cowboy, a space cowboy. <laughs> doesn't it work?
1: No, no, Dad. No.
0: Oh, well... So, we got some, uh, quote unquote listener feedback this week, uh, in the form of Andrew Bailey writing a blog post about Borderlands 2, uh, and mentioning us at, uh, towards the end of <laughs> the post, making fun of us because we, uh, we started playing this game, you know, when it was launched. That was, you know, episode three of this, of this podcast, and we still haven't finished it.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, the joys of running around is crazy
0: life. I mean, the worst part is that we're like level, what, 15, 16s or something like that? And yeah, no, we're we're nowhere close to being done with this game. Nope.
1: Which means there's plenty more adventure for us out there still.
0: Yes, but with one of the headlines for this week, uh, we'd better get on that uh, and hurry up and finish it.
1: <laughs> or we can wait till this new one comes out.
0: Oh, what new? Oh, wait, 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 you're not supposed to mention that yet. What are you not supposed to mention? They're supposed to be mystery. They're not supposed to know what I'm talking about until we get there, right? You know I have no stealth capability. I am yeah. a tank, not a... Not <laughs> tank Shepherd.
1: Tank Shepherd.
0: <laughs> well, do we uh, want to get on with the uh, headlines then, If since since we're, we're spoiling them already? Oh, I suppose. All right. Uh, So... First up, graphics cards. Um, the, the graphics cards wars, uh, of course are continuing. We would never expect them to stop. Uh, but this week, actually, both Nvidia and AMD are taking cues from each other. So Nvidia's move is they're, they just released a driver that is conceptually very similar to what Mantle did. Uh, it's reducing, you know, the overhead that the driver APIs create. So specifically in terms of CPU calls, so that, you know, the, the games that you're running will rely less and less on the CPU and, give, and you know, improve performance that way. Oh,
1: okay. That makes sense, I mm. think. Some of that stuff is still slightly over my head. But I'm not a CS major,
0: so that's okay. No, yeah. And, I mean, computer science doesn't always have to do with the hardware. computer engineering, you know, hardware end of things, but it's useful to understand. There's, there's some of both. Yes, it's called being an enthusiast. Understanding both. Yes.
1: I'm, I'm just a jack of all trades. I do a little bit of fear. I dabble in bits and pieces. <laughs> I'll dabble in your bits later. Um, Gross. I'll let you imagine what that's going to feel like.
0: <laughs> oh, no.
1: In the meantime, um, you can think about the new AMD stuff. So AMD, meanwhile, has created their version of the Titan Z. So the R9... 285x2 because everything with an X in it makes it automatically better, like Ted X,
0: or like Wormhole Extreme X, <laughs> the
1: extreme trampoline.
0: Oh, we the tried kid. to use that as our X in the yeah. in the alphabet game. Referring to yeah, <laughs> we should, totally should have won that. We did. Well, we tied. I think. No, but we won. We should have we straight up. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Cool.
1: For those of you who don't know, well, should we go on the tangent? Yes. Or
0: should we? yes, because otherwise people are going to be confused.
1: Okay. So those of you who don't know, um, uh, so when we were younger, we were part of our venture crew. Um, and one of the things that we did before that, one of the things that got us really into being involved with the venture crew is they invited um, us to go and hang out with the venture crew um, in the Boy Scouts, and one of the activities that we did was a scavenger hunt around the MOA where you had
0: to go around to different Which stores. of course, the Mall of America. Yes. For, for people who don't live in the Twin Cities.
1: Yeah, I suppose. Um, so through the Mall of America um, and take pictures in front of different stores, and you had to go through an alphabetical order. Mm-hmm. Or bonus points if you got them through an alphabetical order, and I believe it was the first ones done, one.
0: Uh, Yeah, you were supposed to find as many stores that started with as many of the different letters as possible. Yeah. And X was the only one that we technically didn't find because in the like on the maps with the lists of the stores, the the extreme trampoline was listed as being extreme trampoline, but when we got there, the sign out front had an E at the beginning of the word, so we didn't actually get credit for that one. Poop. But
1: there weren't any other X ones otherwise.
0: So. Well, no, they they gave uh, I think. Noah's group uh, points for finding a, a sign that said Xbox on it, but that was at a GameStop. Which
1: isn't a store.
0: Which isn't, yeah, exactly. Xbox is not a store in that sense.
1: We still want it,
0: though. I, yeah, because yeah. we're the best around.
1: Anyway, so um, now that the X is in things, um, the R9 285 X2 takes two of their fastest GPUs and puts them on a single card. They've gone one step further and have included water cooling by default. Oh, and it's about $1,500. So, even if the Titan Z ends up being a little faster, it doesn't matter because it's twice the price.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that was a very good move by AMD (laughs) right there. Yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't matter what goes on up there in that price range because nobody can afford that.
1: No. Well, no one who we talked to, anyway.
0: No, yeah. So... Epic, uh, their first game that'll be running Unreal 4, which is, of course, Fortnite, is getting ready to start uh, an alpha, and they have a little questionnaire that you can fill out if you want to participate in that alpha, so go check that out. I already signed up, and we'll see if I get in. Ooh.
1: Ooh. Ooh. I might have to do that while you're reading your next thing. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Um... Well, so for things that you've already have and for things that I don't have, I get to reverse it and do the other thing on. So, hey, what does my family have at home? A PS3. Yes, and do you know what game is on the PS3 that won millions of
0: awards? The Last of Us.
1: Yes. Um, And do you know what game I'm going to be playing this next weekend because I'm going to be home for Easter break? Head up. (laughs) You can come over and hang
0: out. Uh, I'm going to be with Sonia for her birthday because her birthday is on Easter this year.
1: Oh, well, all right then. Mm -hmm. Um, In the meanwhile, so there is news, actually, for The Last of Us. It's going to be coming to PlayStation 4. So this remastered edition comes with all of the game's DLCs and a commentary from the voice actors of Joel and Ellie, as well as higher-resolution textures.
0: So, Gearbox Australia... Hey, this is the one that you leaked, uh, you know, by, like, ten minutes or whatever. Uh, Gearbox Australia is working on Borderlands, the pre-sequel. A game that is set between Borderlands and Borderlands Two, and it will be taking place on Pandora's moon, uh, and you know the big H-shaped space station that kind of orbits near it. Um, and they so they've got it's going to be Razors. four. Well, yeah, well of course they've got four all new characters uh, for us to play as. Um, one of them is Athena, who showed up in the the uh, General Knox DLC from Borderlands One. Uh one of them is oh crud, what's his name? That guy who we who we like we recently killed him in Borderlands two. Um his name started with an H. Um crap 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 crap. He was that half robot guy, um who half worked real. for Handsome Jack. Uh anyway, I feel like an idiot now. Andrew Bailey's going to correct us on this. Um and then the other one that I know of is Claptrap. And this is like the claptrap, not just any claptrap. It's the obnoxious yellow one who you know hangs out all the time, and uh he he's going to be a playable character. And then the fourth one, I believe, is called the gladiator. Um,
1: hmm. Yeah. I'm looking him up just because I.
0: So they're they're doing some interesting things also with like low gravity. uh You know, maps with with low gravity and getting to play around with that, floating up above people, and then using, you know, your oxygen tanks to, like, propel yourself down and slam the ground and knock people back and stuff like that. Looks pretty cool. Yeah. Let's see. I'm a little... I mean, it looks like a good game. Uh, I'm a little apprehensive about it because it's being made by, you know, not by the core team at Gearbox, but Gearbox Australia, and... Uh, you know, as as Batman Arkham Origins kind of demonstrates, sometimes when they, when they pass off a series to a new developer, it doesn't always work out as well as we hope it would. Um, but it seems like they're doing a good job so far. Yeah,
1: for sure. Let's see. Uh, this wasn't Flint, was it? No. What? Uh, I think it might be just on the original Borderlands, not from
0: Borderlands 2. What are you talking about?
1: The guy who we killed,
0: who... never mind. Borderlands 2,
1: I Main bosses, um...
0: He was a main boss, too. Wilhelm? Yes, Wilhelm, sorry. Okay, it did not start with an H. I was totally wrong. Wait, Bloodwing? I love Bloodwing. What do you mean? No! Are you reading things that are spoiling things for you? I think so. Stop reading things! Get on think... the head. Oh, God. I already spoiled a couple of things for Borderlands 2 for myself by, like, starting up a couple of the DLCs before finishing the main story, and I learned things that I did not want to know in the first, like, you know, during the cutscenes at the beginning of the DLC, so I am not touching anything uh, until we finish with Borderlands 2. <laughs> I just ran a little bit of that. No! Damn it! Shh! Don't tell me what you've learned! We
1: face her next. Oh fun. Not really. Not from the little bit to oh, f-
0: right. like, like, Okay, just <laughs> get on with it. What are you talking? What what's your next thing?
1: <laughs> alright. Um, alright, so there's uh have you ever played the game Orcs Must Die? No, I have not. Well, it's it's a very interesting game. It's a third person game that can only be described as sort of a tower defense game where you have orcs coming at you. And you have to set up traps along the way and use your abilities, so your spells, your equipment, and the various traps to kill the waves of um, the hordes of orcs that come towards you and mm-hmm. trying to get to your base. So the first one was a first person, and that was fun. Um, Wasn't,
0: it? I mean the, Wasn't it a third person? Or sorry,
1: as, as in like single player. Okay. That one was fun. Um the second one had some co op stuff, so I actually need to play that eventually because I know Austin, this guy over here, really likes it. It's pretty good. I played five, six levels of it. Okay. Um and now uh there's Orcs Must Die Unchained. It's a five V five multiplayer game. Um so it's going to run sort of like a mobile would in that you have it's a teams of five versus five with Uh, different champions on each side that have different abilities that are unique to each champion. Um, uh, So there's going to be some card game style elements to it apparently. um, Still the plowing through with the hordes and hordes and hordes of orcs. So you have to... um, I don't know. It it seems like it's going to be a really interesting multiplayer game. And the best thing about it so far is it's free to play. Nice. So I don't know if there's going to be microtransactions or how exactly they're going to get all their money off of this. Um, But so long as it's not pay-to-win...
0: Well, it's not going to be advertisements. No. (laughs)
1: Uh, So long as it's not pay-to-win,
0: I will be okay. I think that's a given at this point. Companies that try to make pay-to-win games do not do well. No. So although we know that Goat Simulator will never have online multiplayer that day, but that's the reality of the game. Uh, an upcoming update will be introducing local split-screen multiplayer as well as a new map that's roughly the size of the original. So double the fun and then double it again, I guess. Double the
1: chaos. speaking of Goat Simulator, um, I've been talking with that guy and either we're going to share um, to the Steam library share as well Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe I'll just buy because it it's ten bucks, and I get paid in a couple days. Um, but I should hopefully be able to have that reviewed for you guys sometime soon. Awesome. So it looks so ridiculous. I'm excited. <laughs> it looks so silly. Yes, yes. All right. Um, let's see. Oh yeah. So this one, I guess, is sort of news. Um, yeah, we'll say it's news. Um, so there's been a study that um, recently happened. And what it revealed is that gamers are more likely to experience feelings of aggression from playing a game when it's too difficult or when the controls are too complicated to master. Um, And this was also, uh, in comparison, the research found that there was little difference in levels of aggression when the games themselves depicted violence. Overwhelmingly, the deciding factor was how the volunteers were able to master the electronic game after 20 minutes of play. Um, So this is... I guess this is something sort of a political debate-esque thing where it's talking about the whole um, do violent video games cause violent, um, violent tendencies in children and whatnot and people. And this shows that it's not necessarily the violence that does anything. It's just the frustration of a challenge.
0: Well, I mean, regardless, we probably don't want our kids playing violent video games anyway oh, more oh than we want them watching violent movies.
1: No, I mean, like, if I had a kid, I'd follow... Um, I would follow the ratings for how they were supposed to be played as
0: well, maybe, or at the very least like play them beforehand and decide for yourself which ones are appropriate.
1: yeah, most definitely um so it's you don't want to expose them to that much, but the the argument that violence is being caused by video games is well this the study shows that it's not necessarily the case.
0: I can definitely attest to, uh, you know, Caleb uh, being very angry and, uh, yeah, we'll go with aggressive uh, when he's doing badly in video games.
1: However, has he acted more aggressively towards people in real life?
0: Oh, yes. Because if you, like, distract him while he's trying to focus on a video game that he is not doing well at, yes, he will snap at you.
1: Well, I think most people do that. If you're trying to concentrate on anything, <laughs> someone comes and breaks your concentration.
0: But it, but if you're, if you're trying to focus on something that isn't very difficult, you know, and somebody distracts you, it's not a big deal.
1: Yeah. But if it's something that's difficult and you're having a hard time,
0: I mean... Yeah, and that's exactly what the study is saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, something else to add to it, like they, they found that actually the number of murders since some of the original violent video games came out has decreased. So, like, um, going back towards, oh gosh, it's almost 14 years now. Actually, more than 14 years. Over a decade ago. I'm like, well, that comes with being 14 years. Anyway. Yeah, um, what? So, like, one of the main things that people quote whenever they say, oh, vi- uh, violence in video games um, causes people to act violent is the whole Columbine shooting thing that happened a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there's also been a study that's shown that the number of um violent crimes has actually decreased since the introduction of stuff like Doom and other video games. Um,
0: it's probably cool. not related at all either, you know. It, I mean it could be actually. Crime is is going to rely on a lot of different factors. Yeah. And I and I bet you like I I mean I bet you that video games has nothing to do with it in either direction. Yeah. You know. So the most violent video game that I've ever played, of course, is Smash Brothers. And we've known for you know a long time that Nintendo is uh, working on the next Smash Brothers for the Wii U and the 3DS. And in the most recent Nintendo Direct, they revealed that uh, Smash Brothers will be coming to the 3DS this summer, and then it will be coming to the Wii U in the winter. I question this decision heavily.
1: I mean, I see the reasoning behind it.
0: Uh, I do not because so you know the Smash Brothers has traditionally been their home console, their big home console title, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's the one that everybody waits for to you know to buy this the you know their next home console uh for and like the the three putting it on the 3ds at all is is you know a big step in a different direction, not necessarily bad, but if they want to be able to sell Wii U's, they really, really should have, so, you know, come out with the Wii U version first. Because at this rate, you know, especially since there's, there's like no difference in the characters uh, in the games, you know, no difference in the number of levels that they're putting in each game. Um, by coming out with it on the 3DS first, everybody's just gonna buy it for the 3DS, and nobody's gonna buy it with Wii U's.
1: I don't necessarily think that that's the case. I think that there's a lot of people who will buy it for both. Um, and if they get it out on the 3DS and on the um, handheld platform first, um, when their major sale is most likely going to be on the Wii U, at least that's what they're aiming for, if they get it out on the 3DS, then that'll just get more hype up because people will be able to say, oh, hey, look at this game. I want to play this game.
0: Hopefully it's a good game because if it's not a good game, <laughs> then that hype will be negative hype. Yeah, yeah. so it's... Now, on it, the other but, you know, people who are going to buy it twice are people who probably already have a Wii U anyway. Uh, so that's not going to help sell Wii U's. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, We'll see, we'll see. Sometimes it, you know, I just get the feeling that they really don't care about their console.
1: I mean, I suppose I don't know. I think they just go for novel stuff and currently the, the 3DS is one of their more novel things that nobody else seems to be copying. Sony's trying. Trying. trying so hard, <laughs> trying, so yeah. they're probably trying to capitalize on that as well,
0: yeah, I mean I yeah, it makes sense to yeah capitalize on the system that is doing well, but if they if they don't want the Wii u to absolutely fail and continue to fail,
1: yeah.
0: you know i mean i would I would have put it on the wii u first,
1: yeah, we'll see, it's one of those things where we'll just have to wait and see, <laughs> um. However, something else that you and I can play and probably the majority of the people listening to a podcast can play since we probably attract mostly PC gamers because you know we're a little elitist like that. Always. Always. It's not as if it's the title of a podcast or anything like that. Nope. Um, uh, So there's a new game that is going to be coming out. Um, It's an indie game. And I don't know, it looks... I don't know if I want to play it or not. Not because it's scary, which is the usual reason why I don't know if I want to play something or not. Um, But because with that study that I was just talking about, I might end up getting a little violent. Um, So the game combines both elements from Super Meat Boy and
0: Flappy Bird. Well, I'll make sure to not be around you while you're playing this, then.
1: Yeah, Um, so... the. Let's see. The game itself is called Phoenix Rage. F E N I X Rage. Um, let's see. I believe it was revealed at PAX, as is most of the news that we yeah. have going on today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just—it's it, another platformer where you have to go through um, through essentially a 2D maze on screen, um, avoid jellies that look like they kill you if you touch them, um, grab a cookie, then make your way out. <laughs> And it looks, so it, it looks like it has the difficult, well, yeah, the difficulty of both of those. So, the platforming style is very similar to Super Meat Boy, um, uh, and Super Meat Boy is one of the most difficult games I think I have ever encountered. One of the most frustratingly difficult games I have ever encountered. And then you also have, have to sometimes navigate through the vertical areas or places where you would drop out and otherwise die with a jumping very similar to Flappy Bird where you have to go along and make sure that you press it at the right time so that you don't fall. So it's 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 a big thing of frustration. It's gonna be difficult beyond our reason. And in many ways I think it kinda harkens back to the original mm. games like NES. This is something I could see being on one of the original NES or mm. something like that simply because those games were meant well, they were made ridiculously difficult to keep players keep coming back to them, to give them a challenge, to give something them something to actually conquer and feel conquered like conquered. As opposed to many of the games today which are ridiculously easy. Except Dark Souls.
0: Well, call me a pansy, but you know, I I mean, just having a ridiculously difficult game doesn't really do it for me.
1: No, and that's because the well, this is a discussion that I know that we've had on previous episodes, is that the um the medium of the video game has evolved greatly. So it's no longer just, oh, get through little challenges and do this and this and this and this. Now it's over, well, there's big story games, there's big multiplayer online games that are competitive, there's small games like this, which still harken back to the, well, let's keep it small, Um, but smaller challenges as you go through.
0: On the uh, other hand, I enjoyed the hell out of uh, Super Hexagon, which is a very difficult game. Yes. But I'm pretty good at it in, in comparison to most of the people that I know, so I feel good about it. <laughs>
1: I should see if I can get a degree
0: in video game history. in like categorization. Someday that'll be part of being a classics major. <laughs> yes, it will be, I suppose. Someday. <laughs> oh, possibly. At least history at the very
1: no, least history at the very least. I'm good at redundancy.
0: Also, someday we will have fully immersive gaming experiences. Uh and at this point, in order to get that kind of experience, you're gonna need two things. You're gonna need an Oculus Rift, and you're going to need the Virtuix Omni, that, which is that treadmill bowl thing that you, you know, stand in and you strap yourself in, and then you run in any direction, and whichever direction you run in, you know, that's where you run in the game. Um, so, luckily for early adopters, the Omni will be shipping in September. Unfortunately, it costs $500. Uh so, yeah, the future is uh, pretty expensive.
1: Unfortunately.
0: But some people would tell you that it's worth it.
1: Yeah. To be honest, if I had the money, I'd do it.
0: I feel like we can say that about most things, though. Probably about everything. Well, I mean, um, well, except for things that are just terrible on their own. I suppose. Yeah.
1: Let's take this experience to the next level.
0: How are we going to do that, Ian? We'll take this relationship to the next level. I was trying to offer you a segue, Ian. Oh, well, I'm not very good at that sort of thing. That's or- why I'm trying to help you, Ian.
1: You need help. <laughs> well, we've known that for a while, but still, please don't tell the mental hospital that I got out last week. <laughs> Your secret's right. safe with me. I appreciate it.
0: All right. Um. So
1: Wolfenstein. Not Wolfenstein, but Wolfenstein. Um. The game which, let's see, Wolfenstein 3D, Wolfenstein 3D, I don't remember when it first came out, but it was one of the very first first first-person shooters. It was right there along with Doom and whatnot.
0: I think it was like pre-1995. Yeah. Maybe 93. Just a little while ago. Yeah. Um, Oh my goodness, that's almost as old as us. Yeah, think about that.
1: (laughs) Anyway, um, so as I think we talked about a while back, um, it's getting a remake. Which I'm excited for because it looks like there's lots of cool guns explosions and it's being made by Bethesda, so it's all things that I like very much. Woohoo. Woohoo. Um, and they just came out with a new trailer that has some gameplay stuff and holy cow, the story seems so much different and at the same time so much cooler.
0: Than what we've previously seen or than previous games?
1: Than the original. Okay. Yeah. What game is this? Wolfenstein. Okay the original was wolfenstein three d It came back out in the or it came out back in like the early nineties. They're doing My a favorite
0: thing about uh their trailers is the the musical selections that they've had for them oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> just it, it's it's worth watching the trailers just for that, even if you're not you know interested in the game
1: do we want to throw it up on the youtube just to give them a sample
0: uh sure, yeah, the beginning of it yeah you got that or should i uh you go ahead okay.
1: Peggy eighteen.
0: That guy got shot. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He got wet! <laughs> well,
1: oh, okay, so that study that I was just talking about now, it might not make us more aggressive, but it definitely desensitizes us to vitamins.
0: I guess. Well, I, okay, no. If somebody got shot in front of me, like in real life, I would be freaking the hell out. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, you know what else I freak out about is uh, security breaches. So, have you heard about Heartbleed? I heard about Heartbleed? No. So the, this was a oh my recent gosh, yes. the um uh the the NSA thing. No, no, this is different. Heartbleed mm-hmm. is just a vulnerability that was discovered in the OpenSSL uh protocol. Um and and this is this is a an open source uh protocol that you know actually a good chunk of the internet is based on. Um yeah. so they discovered a vulnerability in in the more Recent builds of it, uh, and that allowed an attacker to just get a random portion of the working memory of of the server that they're attacking, right? Um, and it's a very small portion. I think it was like 64 kilobytes or something like that. But when that portion of the working memory can include, you know, encryption keys, uh, and stuff like that, then then the attacker, if they get, you know, something important like that. They can easily just crack everything else that is stored on the server, whether it's encrypted or not. You know, um, so the, when when this vulnerability was was revealed, uh, a bunch of people kind of took it upon themselves to test different uh, different services, different you know websites to see if they were vulnerable. And I took a look at that um, list, and the one that popped out at me was SteamCommunity.com. Cool. So yeah, I checked recently. And they have since, you know, patched that, plugged that hole. But you probably want to go change your password, uh, since they you know, since they've now patched the hole uh on your Steam account. Uh and also like take a look at the at that list um and see if there are any other services that you use that might be vulnerable or your mm-hmm. password might have leaked. Might be a good idea. And it can never be too safe.
1: Oh. Alright. So, I'm, why am I really good at finding cool sounding games?
0: Uh, cause you're the, uh, an awesome person? A cool sounding person? I don't know. What are we, uh, where are we? Where am I Where that? Okay, yeah. Um, oh, yeah.
1: look at the screen. That's you you're I'm,
0: a cowboy. Cause, I'm
1: <laughs> <laughs> hmm, that's not a regular segue. What's going on here? <laughs>
0: what indeed?
1: Alright, um, so. A uh, new game has been announced called Secret Ponchos. It is a spaghetti western fighting game, so set in an, um, some alternative universe. Um, and, the gra- well, first things first, the art style of the game is incredibly graphic novel-esque, and it's gorgeous. Um, and it looks, I don't know really the best way to call it, other than just a brawler, because um, it's, it's third person.
0: Okay, so it's not top-down.
1: Well, or top down, top down, yeah. Kind of
0: isometric, maybe.
1: Uh, Or well, there's a video on the. There's a video in the. um, In the article. In the article, so you can go and watch it there. Um, speaking of which, Ian, if anyone uh, not listening, or yeah, oh derp. Go (laughs) check out one of our articles. How would they do so?
0: Well, you would go to our website with all of the show notes, which is at thenexus.tv slash EB74. Uh, sorry, I forgot to mention that at the beginning of the headlines. Got so caught up in segues that we just moved on. And so I had to segue you back to it. Boom. You are the master.
1: Uh, this is like the segue episode. I think we've talked about segways more on this episode than any other episode. Yeah,
0: people are probably getting sick of it, aren't they? Yeah, probably. <laughs> They'll just have to lean forward a little bit more to go faster away from us. Oh, I get it. That kind of segue. <laughs>
1: anyway, um, but so mix it up with variety of moves and counterattacks, um, a uh, bunch of different kinds of characters, uh, and of course with guns. Um, so you can do one v one, two v two, and or sorry, one v one gang fights or free for all mode.
0: The gameplay is kind of reminding me of uh Bastion. Yeah. Cause you know you're you're running around, diving to dodge things, uh, shooting, um, looks like sometimes you'll, you'll have an opportunity to melee things, but yeah, it's kind so, of a, yeah, an isometric brawler, I guess, yeah. Yeah.
1: So go watch it. I'll see you guys online once, <laughs> once, it
0: comes. once it comes out. Yeah, of course. Um, Another thing that's coming out soon, actually much sooner than I thought it was going to be coming out, is Transistor, which is the next game from Supergiant, the makers of Bastion, which we just mentioned uh, a moment ago. <laughs>
1: it's not as if you planned that, or anything.
0: Well, I didn't. I mean, I didn't know that uh, spaghetti, the Spaghetti Western, whatever, the Secret Ponchos uh, was going to be so similar to Bastion. Uh, but man, I am looking forward to Transistor. I can't wait for that to come out.
1: Mm.
0: So what about it? It's wait, didn't I mention? Sorry, May May twentieth. That's the uh, that's the release date coming up pretty soon.
1: Yeah. Or uh, oh, this one. The one where you have the giant USB blade.
0: Uh, well, sure. I mean, I would call Hack and Slash the one where you have the giant USB blade, but that's entirely different. Well, that's what a sword looks like. Actually, the sword the sword is the thing that is uh kind of replacing the narrator from Bastion. It's it's your companion, and it talks to you.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I'll have to have, definitely have to try it, because Bastion was a... Well, I still need to finish Bastion. Really? I got started on it a little, little while. I went through, then I was like, oh, um, or there was something or another that made me start a new
0: game. Okay. So I
1: tried to get through it three or four times. Gotten decently far each time, and then it was like, oh, shoot, there's something that I need to restart it for.
0: Are you kidding me? Okay, Ian, you realize that, like, once you finish with the game, you'll have the chance to start a new game in, like, new game plus mode or whatever and hit up the stuff that you missed the first time around.
1: Well, no, it wasn't that I missed stuff beforehand. So why would you restart it? I don't remember. I think it was, like, some achievements here and there.
0: I'm sure... Okay,
1: whatever. Go finish the game already! I It's on the list of to finish. <laughs> there, I promise. Thank you. Uh, gosh, I've got enough to work on anyway. Um, it, it, I mean, including my, my League of Legends skills. Mm. Um, those so are I important guess, to keep up. I know, right? Well, I mean, those big online multiplayer games um, are making a big splash on eSports, so if I want to have any chance of fulfilling my dream of being a professional eSport
0: person... Hold up, I thought you wanted to be a, a video game historian. I Let me dream! <laughs> Those are not allowed. We are realists here. Shut up.
1: <laughs> we are realists who hide themselves away in the worlds of video games, yes. All right, um, however, but so, uh, to practice my League of Legends skills, I might uh, go and try other MOBAs just because that way, the more mechanics that I have down, and the better uh, my reaction time and whatnot. The more that I play games like that, the better that I can do oftentimes. so. Makes um sense. Uh, I think we've talked about this one a little bit EA's new MOBA Dongate um, it's well it's not officially out by any means yet. however, er, uh, previously it had just been a closed beta, and now there's actually an open beta. That's so exciting. if you guys want to try out a new MOBA, feel free to go down to the Dongate website, sign up and give it a shot. Cool.
0: Uh, So, Sony Online Entertainment has announced H1Z1, which is a zombie apocalypse MMO following in the footsteps of DayZ and Rust. It is being made in the same engine as Planetside 2, which will allow them to create a much larger world than those predecessors. And it sounds like they'll have some other tricks up their sleeves, like setting things on fire uh, to, uh, to differentiate themselves from the competition. Um, it'll be coming to PC and PS4. Um, expect to see it on early access uh, in like four to six weeks for like 20 bucks. And once it once it launches, it'll be free to play with some mic- microtransactions to support it. Um, and they're also announcing a lot of stuff from now on through their subreddit. Hmm. I'm kind of I'm kind of glad that Sony's jumping into this uh, because you know it's it's obviously a genre that a lot of people are interested in. You know, DayZ and Rust have been doing very, very well. Yeah. Um, but they're both, like, they're very rough-edged games. You know, there's there's a lot of glitches. There's you know, They're not really full of features yet. Um, and if Sony can jump in and uh, supply us with, you know, a good uh, polished game with, you know, a huge world and everything for free, I'm all for it. Yeah.
1: I mean, well, I don't know. I don't really want to go and face the toxic community of Daisy and Rust personally. uh
0: I mean, I don't think that the community themselves are toxic necessarily. Uh it's just that, you know, once you're in the in the game, it's a free for all. And so, uh <laughs> of course people are going to start messing with you.
1: Uh, I hate griefers. I hate people who follow me back and then mess up everything that I do.
0: Yeah, and actually, actually, it sounds like an H1Z1, uh, there'll be some chance of that because, like, more so than in the others because you'll actually be, hopefully, you know, building a fortress and crafting stuff for yourself and whatnot. Um, whereas in DayZ, you know, you never get more than, like, okay, I have all this gear that I'm wearing and I have an assault rifle in my hands, you know? Yeah. yeah. Also, how good uh, of a title is that H1Z1? Like, it's swine flu, but it's zombies.
1: Yep, yep.
0: Heezy.
1: <laughs> Instead of Heine, it's Heezy. What? Heine. Who's Heine? H1N1.
0: Oh, I get it. Anyway, so you better watch your
1: Heine and Heezy. Um, in the meanwhile, uh, while you're waiting for that, a game which is working on coming out, it was originally an iPhone game, but it looks like it's going to be coming into a full-fledged game, um, It's called Source. And you play as this little, I don't know what you'd call it, it looks like a firefly almost thing. Um, you fly around in this this place that looks like, I guess, what most places um, put as cyberspace.
0: Yeah, the aesthetics look a lot like Smash Hits. Which is a game on Android, maybe it's on iOS as well. That uh, Ryan and I have been playing.
1: Yeah, just trying to remember what game that I played not that long ago when I was in something like this. Anyway, um, but so it's going to be uh following the same um, gameplay style as like Metroid or Castlevania. The guy, so a gameplay style that um has been dubbed by the PC gamer guys as Metroidvania. Um, I create a giant world and in order to move around and go farther you have to go through these dungeons get different abilities which will unlock more of the world for you to go through Um, and I mean you've seen this stuff also with like Darksiders or Legend of Zelda games Mm -hmm. so it's not as if it's a completely untapped um, genre I mean obviously with Metroid and Castlevania two of the
0: most yeah it's never been done before ever
1: (laughs) Um, anyway uh, I don't know. It looks like it'll be a lot of fun. And yes, there will be a flying element in it too, so you got the world is more free for you to explore. So, I'm excited. I like the art style. I think the, I absolutely love that sort of game. I think that is actually my absolute favorite game style, is go through and have the giant open world and get to the different areas with the different abilities. So, I'm looking forward to this. So
0: Now, a game that I was looking forward to for a very long time and now get to play, Titanfall. They are receiving their first big patch, uh, and one of the most prominent changes is the addition of private matches. So they support anywhere from one-on-one to six-on-six private matches, Um and all game modes and maps are available. However, while you're in a private match, you will not get XP, challenges, or achievements. The private matches also still rely on the public servers in order to run, so this doesn't really improve Titanfall's viability you know, for LAN parties or such. Um, there's there's a bunch of other changes that they made as well, so check their patch notes for that. Hmm.
1: All right, um, and while you're doing that, testing out the new patch, um, you can be waiting, um, actually possibly not ma- waiting.
0: When does that due do to come out, do you know? Which, uh, the patch? The patch. It's already out.
1: It's already out, all right. So go explore that, because um, you've got a little bit of time to wait until it's first DLC pack, Expedition, comes out. It's due in May, um, as well as free burn cards and modes. So
0: I yeah, know, Since I got the uh, season pass, I'll be getting that for free. Well, for free. I paid 20 bucks for the season pass, so, you know, whatever. (laughs) That seems to be kind of the magical, uh, you know, two months out from a release is, you know, the best time for uh, a company to start coming out with DLCs, especially for these multiplayer games, because that's, you know, the way to keep people interested.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, if you think about it, that makes the most sense, because then the hype from the original game is still around and going.
0: Um, but it, yeah, it's it's approaching that point where it's like it's diminishing, uh, you know, and you want to bring it back up. Yeah. So yeah. DLCs, do them, I guess. Uh, <laughs> the Steam uh, controller, we've been hearing a lot about it, and I've been waiting for it to come out because I want a controller. But I, you know, I don't just want to have, uh, you know, an Xbox 360 controller. I want, I want more, you know. Um, it'll be coming out in October or November. And since that is pretty much the last thing that needs to get finished for most of the Steam Machines uh, to work, we can expect the Steam Machines to also start coming out uh, in time for, you know, the holiday season this year.
1: Yeah. Sorry, I'm opening up some videos to watch.
0: Oh, what did I just do?
1: Anyway. um, Oh. uh, Oh, gosh. I'm having a brain fart. Segway for me,
0: Buck. Uh, what are we talking about? Evil Within. Um... <laughs> New trailer!
1: Oh! What trains.
0: were we talking about before? I don't know.
1: <laughs> we have derailed, my friends. Alright. Um, well, since you don't know what we're talking about, there's a new Evil Within trailer, and it looks, as per usual, to be scary beyond our reason and fantastic beyond our reason. Um, actually, would you mind if we watch this? I think there is some video to it. Or some and audio. Of course, it. there's
0: some video to it. It's a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to add words today. So I, The one thing that I remember from this trailer is uh, <laughs> the main character going, there is something wrong with this place. And it's like, dude, you're in a horror game. Everything is, like, being <coughs> propped up around you. There's a giant, like, person with a chainsaw behind you. Of course there's something wrong with this place. No, it's perfectly normal. <laughs> um, Do we want to watch it a little bit? Uh, I, I, it was kind of a long one, wasn't it? couple minutes two minutes
1: yeah, let's do it yeah peggy 18
0: all units 1199 deacon mental hospital Yeah, so there's something wrong with this place. You don't say. The other uh the other thing that I liked about that trailer was just that moment where we see him walking through uh, a field of sunflowers and it reminds me of in uh, Gladiator when <laughs> uh you know we we see every once in a while in the movie like the main character walking through uh, a field of wheat. And it's, you know, representative of, like, the afterlife and, his, you know, him, like, kind of seeing his death before it happens.
1: I don't know. I've never looked at it that way, but I haven't really... I, I try to avoid um, consciously analyzing things
0: whenever possible. Oh, man. I I can't stop. <laughs> Which is partly why I'm going for a CMR ma- minor. Because communica- communications, media, and rhetoric are very yeah. interesting. Yeah. And it's probably not going to help me to analyze things less.
1: Nope. I mean, I can analyze things if we've been talking about them in, like, classics courses. I mean, well, no. We'll, we're not going to go into that tangent. No, today.
0: let's not. Um, <laughs> so this, this piece of news is my personal favorite for this week. Fraxis has announced that they are working on Civilization Beyond Earth, which will be the biggest change in the civilization series to date it's uh it isn't really trying to completely compete directly with galactic civilizations which you might guess from the title um because in beyond earth humanity has had to leave you know our home planet and we're they're making a go at it on a new world so you know you're not going to be like spreading your civilization out to many worlds you're just on this one world you know and then you go from there um so the the biggest change from previous civ games is the technology. That while previous games were based on, you know, historical technologies uh and therefore they had a linear tech tree, um Beyond Earth has a non-linear tech web where you start in the middle and then you, you know, make your way out from there uh in in whichever kind of direction feels appropriate. Um the victory conditions are also different, so instead of being like uh... you know uh... uh a a war victory or a diplomatic victory or a cultural victory. Um, they are based on shaping the future shape of humanity. So, you know, do, do we want to assimilate with this new world, uh, change the world to suit our needs, you know, uh, become these robot things uh, and use technology that way, or do we want to try to pretend that we're just, you know, on old Earth and continue uh, as we always have. So, uh, Beyond or Civilization Beyond Earth is coming out this fall for $50, um, but, of course, I can't start playing it until I have all of the achievements in Civilization V.
1: And how long is that going to take you to
0: get it? Oh my goodness, do you have any idea how many there are for Civilization V? I uh, don't well, let me go look at it. Let me go look at it. There are 287, and I have 61 of them. <laughs> And that is after 77 hours of playing Civilization V.
1: Have you discovered El Dorado yet? Yeah, I think so. I have no
0: idea how to do that. It's You just randomly manage to find it at some point. Oh, okay. It's one of the natural wonders that you might run into.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, looks interesting. You might have to actually, you know, play more Civ.
0: The great thing about Civilization uh, achievements, actually, is... A lot of, like, the obscure ones that hardly anybody has, uh, you can get pretty easily just by playing some of the scenarios that nobody else has played through, you know, uh, <laughs> and you get achievements for it that, like, you know, 2% of people have gotten, and then you can feel awesome even though, you know, it wasn't difficult.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know how that goes. Alright, but I have many things to do first. Oh, yes. Well, uh, though I do really want to start playing the game, it looks like it's going to be really all right. Anyway, um, uh ooh. So another thing to look out for, um, a game that I have not yet heard of actually, but looks like it's going to be really, looks like it could be really interesting. Um, is a post-apocalyptic RPG called Wasteland 2. Now it's a, it's a sequel. Supposedly it's the first one was received very well. Um, and the Steam there is actually a Steam Early Access already. But it has only about thirty percent of the entire game. Um, so the two pieces of news here were one um, you are supposed to well the playthrough the average playthrough is supposed to take about fifty hours, so That's you a can lot. and we'll get your money's worth and then there's also a Linux build coming so those of you who are on linux computers that it will be coming for you as well. It is coming for you.
0: I like the uh the 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 main guy on their cover. His uh you know just the the look of him. His his hat combined with his mustache and everything. It, yep. You know it's it's pretty great.
1: That I would be you mustache. if you could grow facial hair.
0: Shh. Oh, I wish. <laughs> I would be. Uh, yes, I will become a a badass Fallout cowboy guy.
1: Honestly, if yes. I was a character in the old West, I'd either look like I don't know. Probably a mayor, sheriff, or some drunken friar.
0: A mayor? Like a like a horse? M-A-Y-O-R. Like oh, oh the mayor.
1: okay.
0: <laughs> One of these things is not like the other things. <laughs> All right, ladies.
1: Look at me. Now look back to your man. Now back to me. Now back to your man. I am a horse.
0: <laughs> so, PAX East happened. Uh, that's actually, of course, where most of our news came from. And while there, Chris Roberts showed off Star Citizen. Um I watched some of the him playing through some of it and it was pretty funny especially when he like, you know, he comes out of his hangar and then, you know, is like, "Hey, I'll show everybody the outside view of the ship." And so he turns the camera around to look back at his character and then he runs into an asteroid because <laughs> he wasn't looking where he was going. It's was like, "Wow, good job, dude." <laughs> yeah. Um but <coughs> Really cool footage. Uh, he flew around, uh, was dogfighting with some other fighters for a while. Um, go check out that footage. I'm I'm super pumped for this game. Um, unfortunately, right now the uh, the 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 hangar you know module that I have uh, doesn't really want to run. Uh, I should probably maybe uninstall it and re-download it or something. That should work. But yeah, it was working before, and it looked beautiful. It's in CryEngine 3. <laughs> CryEngine is beautiful. All right.
1: Um. So the final thing I think I think I've had an, um, an article about this pretty much every episode since '69. <laughs> um. So Hearthstone. Woo! Woo! do need to start playing it. Woo! I'd I have
0: don't... to get a BattleNet account. What? I'd have to get a BattleNet account.
1: I have a BattleNet account.
0: No, I would. Okay. Do it. Do I've that. never I I've never owned a Blizzard game. How weird is that?
1: Uh, I mean, they have...
0: I mean, I'm a PC have... gamer, and I've never owned a Blizzard game. How weird is that?
1: I mean, if you're not into their style of games, I suppose it's not that weird.
0: Yes, but they but they make very stereotypically PC games. Yeah. So you'd think, you know, that I would be into them. But, no. You'd think. Eh, whatever.
1: Anyway. So um, what's going on with them? So they... They're actually coming out with a brand new single-player... Essentially, I guess we can call it a campaign. Um, It's a single-player no, single adventure. Um, It is free to play. Uh, I believe the main gist of it is that you go into a city and you have to go and fight these evil things in the city. Um, There are a bunch of different... Or not a bunch. There are like six different areas that you have to go into. The first one is free. The rest of them you unlock through either the in-game currency or buying them with real money. Um, and also, the entirety of the game, um, or not for the entirety of the game, uh, but it is possible for you to get a bunch of new cards. I believe there are, total, yeah, a total of 30 new cards will be added, um, with this whole thing to the game, so you, so you can go and get some new undead creatures to add to your, to add to your, um, your power, I don't know.
0: To your deck? To your deck. Because it's a trading card game? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's that's a pretty good addition to the game, I'd say. Yeah. Especially, so you know, uh, do you think that'll be kind of a good way for somebody to kind of train at the game and get better before jumping in against other players? Maybe.
1: I don't know um, what the ramping style is um, usually. It looks so good. I think I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to download it right now.
0: Do it up. Meantime. I will talk about some games that I have been playing this week. Um, so, do you remember the Amnesia Fortnite? Uh, yes. That happened a very long time ago, and I completely forgot to go and download those games until last week when uh, I finally went and got them and played through them. Uh, so, here are my thoughts on the the prototypes because we know, you know, uh, some of the some of these prototypes might go on to become real games like uh, Space Base DF nine and Hack and Slash from the two thousand and twelve Amnesia Fortnite are actually becoming real games. So the four prototypes from this year were Deer Leader, Mnemonic, Steed, and Little Pink Best Buds. Um, so Deer Leader is a game where you're playing as the uh you your your soviet country has just gone through a revolution, you know, gotten rid of the old uh, corrupt leaders, and you are now in charge because you are the leader of the revolution. Um, and so you have to, you know, uh, um, sign edicts, uh, make decisions for the country, you know. Uh, it's the, you know, for example, they'll say, uh, what do you want, you know, our five-year plan to be? Do, you know, do you want to promote education, make better industry, focus on farming, you know, what have you? Um, and so you, you decide, uh, you know, which one of those you want to focus on, and then you sign your edict, and, uh, they go do it. Um, there's also, you know, things like counter-revolutionaries to deal with, you know, do you want to assassinate them, or do you want to, uh, arrest them and have a quote-unquote fair trial? you know, to have them uh um executed. Um at some point, you know, you might actually have to deal with like a traitor in your own ranks. Um it was it was pretty fun. Um I played it for like a good hour before uh um the game actually I didn't get bored with it before it ended. Um I could have played that game for quite a while. And it was built in the same engine as uh Broken Age. So it looked really good. It you know, it's all um kind of painted aesthetics. Um, Actually, the art style was uh, directly inspired by Soviet propaganda from, you know, the 20th century. Um, And I had a really good time with it because, like, for example, um, when I chose the five-year plan uh, of focusing on education, my propaganda uh, minister came up to me and she's like, so, you know, we we should come up with, like, a motto to have everybody uh uh repeat uh for you know the next 5 years to you know to get everybody on board with this with this idea here's a couple of ideas that i have for what this what this um slogan should be and i was like no 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 i don't want any of those ones i'm going to come up with my own motto and so my motto was having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I I also got to change the signature that I used to uh to stamp all of the edicts from, you know, the logo of my uh um of my government to whatever I wanted to draw on the screen. And so of course I drew a smiley face with uh, a little stung, uh, tongue sticking out. <laughs> of course so that's a, that's what I signed all of my edicts with. It was great. <laughs> um I could definitely see that getting made into a full game. Um, you know, they would obviously, <coughs> your choices would actually have to matter in the full game, because in the, in the prototype, you know, it just kind of, at the end, it said, well, you were a pretty fair, uh, dictator, or, you know, you, uh, were mean to a lot of people. <laughs> you dick. But I wasn't. I was really nice to people. Good job. And everybody loved me. Um, The next one, Mnemonic, uh, this one deals with memories in a pretty curious fashion. So you start off in this hub area with several doors that you can go through, and each of those doors leads you to a different memory that, uh, the player character has, um, of, you know, these are all memories that are related to the same kind of thing. Um, by the way, this game is entirely black and white, um, very stylized, kind of, uh, kind of noir, um, and the so the 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 concept that it's based around is uh you know you'll go into this memory and the memory will play out until a point where like the character can't remember what happens next and usually you have to go and find an item in a different one of the memories to bring into that memory and then once you've placed it in the right spot then that memory will continue so like for example um there was a scene where, uh, you're driving along on, on a road, and then it, it pauses, and you have to go into a different memory, get a spotlight, and put that out in front of the car, and then the character goes, oh, that's right, we crashed. And the spotlight becomes like a truck coming towards you that you, that crashes into you. Um, hmm. which is not a good thing, but I mean, that's, no. you know, to progress the, the story along. Um, okay. I got actually kind of stuck with it a few times and that's that's uh kind of surprising since it only took, you know, the the demo was only half an hour long, but I got stuck a couple of times and it was really frustrating. So, if they were to make this into a game, they would have to be pretty careful with, you know, having it be a challenge but not too difficult. Um and since it's a it seems like a very a, an entirely arbitrary type of difficult thing that would be pretty hard to pull off, I think. Yeah. Um, Steed takes uh, you know, like the trope of a boy and his horse and flips it around. You're playing as the horse, who's actually kind of in charge, uh, and the boy is just like along for the ride, so to speak. Ha ha ha. Made <a> upon. Um <laughs> I was I was really curious to see what they were going to do with this. Um, unfortunately the this prototype only really had like, the most interesting thing about it was, well, I can kick backwards as well as, you know, uh, try to attack the people who are in front of me. Uh, they didn't really do anything particularly unique with the, you know, the horse being in charge. Um, and it was, you, you know, it's pretty short. It took, like, 10 minutes, and then, uh, and then they just were like, okay, have fun exploring, and I got bored with it. Um, so, yeah, um, then, oh my gosh, little pink best buds. This was the strangest one out of the bunch, um which is not very surprising considering that this game demo came straight from the mind of Pendleton Ward, who is the, you know, creator of Bravest Warriors and Adventure Time. Um he uh so <laughs> if you want to know uh, you know, kind of the the okay, so so okay, so the concept here is you're you're you get you're 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 in this car in a trunk being kidnapped and and then the guy takes you out of the trunk and sets you down in this grassy field and then drives away and all of the uh <laughs> there are a bunch of these little pink dudes uh wandering around in this pink in this green field and they all walk up to you and they start they're going like hey hey do you want to be my best bud you want me be best buds with me hey you want to be my friend and, you know, they're all, like, some. they all have different attributes, you know, like, one of them has, like, a big leg, and another one has a dog, and another one has a bike, and one of them has a boombox with some six beats going down, you know? And uh, they're all, I can't hear you, you're muted. Um,
1: one of them has giant lips.
0: Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, I think one of them's dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and so the, the, the idea is, you know, you can, like, type in anything that you want to say to them, and... Um, uh in the in the demo they don't really respond very well to whatever you type in um but you know uh the the idea is that you pick one of them to be your best bud and then once you pick that per one of them you know you you get to go up to the house with them and hang out with them in the big house but everybody else is kind of jealous of you so you kind of got to be careful um there mm. was this crazy twist uh unfortunately you know in in the prototype there was only one of them that you could choose it was Big Leg um Which is understandable, because it would have taken a lot more work, like a lot more voice acting to get, you know, and writing to get all of the lines for each of the different best buds to be your best friend. Um, Yeah. But yeah, uh, the ending was very, very strange. I don't know what the point of it was, uh, (laughs) but it was it like it was just it was so entertaining i I showed it off to a few other people I didn't show off any of the other prototypes, but I made a couple of people come in and like, Hey, check out this this game, this crazy game like <laughs> watch this
1: so is this on steam
0: um well so they they were available through humble bundle um oh. and I don't know if you can still get those prototypes um well once you know once you Contribute to that, then you get the steam keys for those games, and you play them through steam, but they're they're not available through steam's store hmm. yeah, um, I guess only time will really tell which of these uh if any become full games um but you know it's always entertaining to see what they're what they're doing with uh with these things with their with their off time <laughs> oh yeah, um. So, let's see. The other thing that I played this week, I actually finished it earlier today, is uh, Bioshock Infinite's Burial at Sea Episode 2 DLC. This is the final uh, piece of content that we're going to see from the Bioshock series, at least from Ked Levine and, you know, Irrational Games, um, which is kind of sad, but it was a very, very strong last note for the series. Um for several reasons, and it actually it changes up the formula quite a bit. Um, so, for example, you're playing as Elizabeth in this one. This is the f- that's the first time that we've ever played as a woman in in the Bioshock series.
1: Um, what about in Bioshock Two? Yeah. No, no, you're a big, big daddy.
0: daddy. Yeah, uh, which are I think they're usually male. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, And because of that, they actually uh, changed up the gameplay quite a bit too. It was like almost all stealth focused. Um, They they actually took quite a few cues from Thief, I think. um, You know, because you crouch and the borders of the screen kind of go a little darker to indicate that you're you're stealthy now. Um, You sneak up behind people and knock them out. Uh, That's kind of the main way that you take people out because. All of the weapons are really underpowered, except for the crossbow, which shoots tranquilizers. But you don't get many tranquilizer darts. Like, you don't find those all over the place. Um, So usually you're sneaking around, trying to get behind people and knock them out before they notice you. And of course, because uh, being aware of your surroundings is very important in a stealth game, they introduced a new plasmid uh, called the Peeping Tom. Plasmid that lets you see people through walls, so you can imagine what you know the normal people of Rapture were using this for, uh, but I was using it to knock people out and not rape their corpses uh, <laughs> so you do that in other games uh, no, well, actually, there was one time in uh dishonored I was watching Katie play no this this was really weird, so I was watching Katie play, and she she Finds, uh, you know, an NPC, just a normal, uh, citizen, not one of the guards or anything. She gets behind this, this woman, chokes her out, you know, knocks her unconscious, uh, slings her over her shoulder, looks around in the room, goes, hey, look, there's a bed over there, and jokingly, you know, like, throws this woman, this unconscious woman, onto the bed. The woman's body lands so that her, her, head and her torso were like sliding off of it in one direction and her butt was just sticking straight up in the air and Katie looked at that and went perfect and then she goes and teabags it and like the rest of us standing around in the TV lounge are going Katie this is not okay why are you doing that this, no <laughs> yeah
1: oh boy I mean I have a weird sense of humor even mine is not that bad. <laughs> uh,
0: I don't think she regrets it though. Um I mean for
1: the for the pacification of disruptive children, oh boy.
0: Yeah <laughs> Yep, that was the so that screenshot is of the place where you first pick up the crossbow with a tranquilizer dart. <laughs> it was in a daycare <laughs> center. Um yep, yep. Little funny touches like that. There were hilarious signs all over the place. Um So, in terms of the story, I actually thought that this was the easiest to follow... Um, which I thought made it much stronger than most of the other stories that we see in Bioshock, because like they they tend to like to you know be really vague, kind of give you like little bits and pieces uh, to to keep us wondering, but uh, and then you know like throw all of the information, all of these big revelations at us right at the end, you know, in a big old cutscene or whatever. Especially you know Bioshock Infinite and uh, Burial at Sea Episode One were kind of, were were the Uh, the big examples of that. Um, And in episode two, in in Burial at Sea episode two, if you know what happened in Bioshock 1 and in Bioshock Infinite and in Bioshock Infinite Burial at Sea episode one, you're going to understand what's all going on which actually made it, like, it made it more meaningful to me because they they were surprises but I understood why the surprises were happening, you know? I had the context around them. Uh, So, it felt more meaningful to me. Um so finished
1: Bioshock One, kind
0: of. Yes. So yeah. Um
1: Another one on my
0: two finish list. Also, if it um the, <laughs> this episode had the most disturbing moment, the most disturbing scene that I have ever witnessed in a video game. Uh so there was a scene where Elizabeth is being tortured for information and this is actually information that she doesn't know, so she can't give, you know, she can't tell them in, in order to get out of the torture. Um, and the guy oh, who's torturing okay. her, what? They probably wouldn't have let her out anyway. Probably not, he's kind of a... If they if they've
1: resorted to torturing, then they're not going to go, oh, you told us what you want, what we want.
0: <sighs> yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> oh, man. the um The torture, though. So he goes, do you know what a transorbital lobotomy is? And so what those are, of course, is, uh, where they take, uh, you know, this metal, uh, needle thing, this metal bar, stick them up through the eye socket above your eye, uh, up to, you know, the, the point where your skull is, and then take a hammer and tap it through so that it jabs into your brain and, uh, you know, gets rid of the personality, uh, in theory, gets, you know, gets rid of the personality Cores in your in your frontal lobe, right? Um, I don't know if those actually work. It seems like bogus science from the fifties. Uh, and nope. like the, o- the the other time that I've seen these in media was in the movie Sucker Punch, uh, <laughs> and it was bad enough there. But imagine going through that in first person, like yeah. So you see him take the needle, stick it up above her eye, underneath her eyelid, you know, and like. So so that is, like, right at the top of the screen. And right around that spot on the screen where the needle is, it becomes kind of discolored, like a little red. And then he's like, all right, I'm going to tap on this gently, you know, not enough to get through your skull, but I'm just going to tap on it gently to, you know, until you start talking. And he does it a few times. And, like, it's the loudest ringing sound you've ever heard. And, like, Elizabeth's just, you know, like, ah, like... And I was playing through this at, like, midnight here in my apartment. Nobody else was here. And I'm just sitting here with my headphones on going, Stop it! Just, oh, stop it! And I, but I couldn't look away from the screen. It was terrible! I, I couldn't sleep. <laughs> <No>.
1: <laughs> so the game that the, they got the torture across really well, great. I, I, <sighs> that, that just sounds painful. Like, Ken Levine, why do you do this to me? <laughs> Would you care about it as much if it wasn't that good of a game?
0: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. God, they just, they executed that so well. Oh, man. Ah, um, yeah, so, I mean, if you're a queasy person, you might not want to play through this, by the way. Uh, (laughs) but you probably know that already from the context of the fact that it's a Bioshock game, and those have been, uh, pretty violent in the past. Um, uh, also, yeah, I, I mean, I highly recommend. Uh, Episode 2. I think it was much better than than Burial at Sea Episode 1, but you really have to play through Episode 1 in order for Episode 2 to make any sense. Um, So, together, you know, getting them in the season pass is a very good deal, because they're $10 a piece then, then. but if you haven't played through Bioshock 1, you probably won't... you won't have the context, you won't know... like, there are a lot of things that they go through that you'll remember from Episode 1, um... So I would definitely recommend, I mean, you. The, I would definitely recommend playing through all the Bioshocks in order before getting to this. Um, also, don't forget to go and grab the songs for that episode, uh, for Burial at Sea episode 2, because uh, there's some pretty good ones. Um, I personally, I prefer, or my favorite is the, the Pi song.
1: That, uh, that was the folk, folky one, right?
0: Yep, yep. Yep. Um, about you know Ryan wants us all to earn earn uh you know what we get but uh, why why don't I get a piece of that pie?
1: Yeah, that and one was my favorite one too. When
0: I when I encountered that in the game, uh, I just kind of like there's just this guy sitting there strumming on his guitar and singing this, and I I just kind of stood there and listened to him for a while because I was like
1: I like the song, yeah. <laughs> and then you found that it's on SoundCloud.
0: Uh huh. How about and that? And free to download. How about that? well that's how soundcloud soundcloud works How about that? woohoo um yeah, man. I can't believe that, that that may be the last Bioshock that I get to play you know other other than replaying past Bioshock games.
1: was that the last one that they're going to do? mm-hmm
0: mm-hmm,' Cause that's the last piece of the uh season pass, and uh you know irrational games has now been. Uh, reduced to Ken Levine and like a handful of other people, and they're going to be working on that, uh, that, you know, concept of, of replayable single player, uh, story, story games. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this week, uh, new releases include <laughs> Fly Catbug Fly, which is that infinite flyer for mobile, uh, <laughs> that is, based, of course, on everybody's favorite character from uh, Bravest Warriors. Everybody, go watch Bravest Warriors on YouTube.
1: Rebecca! (laughs) Rebecca!
0: So, since I have that, I will be playing that this week, and I will review it next weekend. Um, Also, (laughs) actually, there's an achievement for getting all of the different uh, characters from the Drama Bug episode, uh it's called Family Reunion. <laughs> um,
1: That's fantastic.
0: Also, for next weekend, I will play <coughs> The Wolf Among Us, episode three. Uh, because that released last Tuesday. How about you? What are you planning on playing?
1: Um, well, as I said, I'm if I get the chance, I can and will do GOAT Simulator. Mm-hmm. Um plus also I will hopefully get through a bit more on The Last of Us.
0: And of course we will be continuing to uh, plot along in Borderlands 2. Yes.
1: I need to to do Day of Sex as well.
0: Oh, yeah. So I've got lots of stuff coming up. We're so busy Mm -hmm. with our gaming lives. Well, more so
1: with my real life. That's why it's taken so long for me to get through Day of Sex. Mm -hmm. Because it's not as if tour is a thing or anything like that. No, no.
0: No. Not when you're a big, famous music person like Ian Decker. Famous? Oh, yeah. I know who you are. That means you must be famous, right? <laughs> Maybe eventually. Maybe.
1: Maybe. Maybe.
0: Maybe. I have yet to meet famous bullet.
1: You, Wait, well, you have yet to meet or you have yet to make famous bullet?
0: Meet. Meet. I was trying to parody the, the line about meeting somebody who can outsmart a bullet uh, as closely as I could while still retaining what we were talking about. What were we talking about? Oh. Um, Our busy
1: gaming lives next week preview. Wolf Among
0: Us episode three. Oh, look. This part is end. Yes. So, I am Ian Decker. And I am Ian Buck. Thank you all for listening. Signing off.
1: I kicked my um, my suitcase really hard, and it ended up um, bending back one of my toenails to the point where it's bleeding now.
0: That's
1: so. not great. So, Ian, I think we need to move to Sweden.
0: He's uh, lubricating right now. .ps1. That file extension always cracks me up. That is kind of funny. <laughs> I'm the PlayStation 1.
1: Wait, what was that Slash, 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 slash,
0: I was just downloading Guild
1: Wars. You, you, I was talking, but you just couldn't hear me.
0: Why can't I have some nice of that? Huh? How's it going? Big week? Doing well? Uh, Matt's hey, here. I right. had no idea that Matt was around. I, I'm around. <laughs> Where else, who else would uh, like uh, Nazis and ponies as much as At I do? At the same time. Cause yeah, yeah. Matt's Except worked for Wow, me.
1: like he has no clothes on.
0: <laughs> Print screen. Print screen. I don't and have. Goodbye. it. You should. That's insane. You're creepy. <laughs>